Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the very first episode of the Essential Empowerment Podcast. I am really excited, if not a little nervous, to be here speaking with you. It's a very chilly January morning. I'm sat here in my workspace, which is a tiny little converted garden shed. (laughs) And it's, uh, yeah, it's chilly. I have a blanket over my knees. I have a warm tea. I have a woolly hat on. But I couldn't be more happy to be here talking with you about the things that have helped me. So in this time together, what I'll be talking about are the practices and the tools that have helped me with healing, with transformation and with some kind of agency over my emotional life. So I'm a a mother of two teenage girls. I'm an aromatherapist. I am a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. But in my previous life, before I was in the wellness industry, I was an actor. So for about 20, 25 years, I was an actor. And feelings, emotions were my currency. This This is what I was paid to express. And this is really what I want to talk about today, our emotional life. But as an actor, feelings were the way that I, um, the way that I got paid, basically. So I could cry on demand. I could laugh if you needed me to. I could mimic anxiety. I could replicate states of stress. I could create, construct states of emotional breakdown if that was what was required. And I was very good at it. Uh, this was what I was very skilled at. And all actors work in a different way, but the way that I worked was through emotional memory. Generally, not always, but generally this was how I worked. So I would recall a memory of an emotion that was similar to the emotion that the character that I was playing was was feeling, and I would call that memory into my being, into my body, and recreate it. And as I say, not all actors work in this way, but that was that was the only real way that I could do it with authenticity. And so sometimes there would be states of deep breakdown that were required of the character. And sometimes this would be repeated night after night if it was a theatre um, job. And what was interesting to me as I kind of grew into the profession and got, got older and matured with it, what I came to understand was that my experience my body's experience of those states was being read as true and I came to the understanding that our body doesn't know the difference between these feelings whether they are quote unquote real feelings or whether they are ones that we have created so my body was having this range of of kind of experiences and even though my brain knew they weren't real that they were the characters um even though my brain knew that, my body was still experiencing the the kind of the, the different degrees of stress or or fun or whatever it might have been that the character was going through. So just put a pin in that 
observation for now and we'll come back to it a little bit later. I was very grateful that I found acting and that I had the opportunity to be an actor um, because as a child and also as a, a teenager, um, I found feelings quite overwhelming. I, I experienced what I call big feelings. And I actually think maybe we all have big feelings, but there's not necessarily an arena for us to acknowledge that or express it. So I was really grateful for the world of acting and that industry that it gave me a, a safe space, many times a safe space, to express how I was feeling, to express those feelings. And in many cases, it was very healing and very profound. But this range of big feelings was also confusing to me. And it was sometimes overwhelming and sometimes more than I felt I could really handle. Um, it would feel like a roller coaster. Sometimes it would feel like I had no control over this range of feelings. You know, and we're human, we all come here to experience the full, the full range of feelings. But I was seeking at, at a certain kind of point in my life, I was seeking to have a little bit more control over my mood and how I felt. And this was really where yoga and essential oils came in and caught me, I would say, and, and really supported and helped me. So I want to share a little bit about why I think this is so. And we'll talk specifically, I'll talk specifically about essential oils. So essential oils can help us with so many different things. They can help us with a feeling of emotional resilience, <clears throat> with the feelings of uh, relieving stress. They can help us balance our sleep patterns. They can help us with more focus, being more alert, with our sense of perception, <clears throat> excuse me. And they also have the power to ease physical ailments. But what I'm gonna focus on here is their ability to affect and improve our mood and to increase our overall emotional well-being. They have the ability to affect and improve our mood and to increase our overall emotional well-being. This was my experience and has continued to be my experience when I work with really nice, good quality essential oils. So let's look a little bit at emotions and what that is and, and how our emotions actually work. So emotions, some people refer to it as um, energy in motion, that is an emotion. Some people refer to them as chemical responses that simply run through the body. But if we look kind of a, a step back behind this description of emotions, it's interesting to understand that they are not hardwired into our brain. So it may feel that our emotions happen to us, as I was experiencing as a teenager and 20-something and actually 30-something and even early 40-something. It may feel that our emotions happen to us, but they don't. They're actually built by us. Now, emotions come from the way we think. So there's patterns of thinking, patterns of thoughts, and from that, feelings are built. Now there's some debate again around does this, does the feeling come first and then the thought or does the th thought come first and then the feeling and there's clearly a dance between the two. It's, it's, it's something of a chicken and an egg I think. But let's for the sake of this discussion, let's say thoughts create feelings. We have a thought and that uh, calls in a certain feeling. Lisa Feldman Barrett who has a PhD and is actually one of the top 
1% most cited scientist in the world for her research, which is revolutionary within the fields of psychology and neuroscience. She talks about the way that our brain is not hardwired to feel a certain way, but our brain is actually building these emotions. She has done numerous hundreds of, of physiological studies with thousands of test subjects. She scanned hundreds of brains and examined brain imaging studies on emotion. And the results of all of her research are really very interesting and overwhelmingly consistent. And she supports this idea that it's not that the emotions happen to us, it's not that we're pre-wired to have a certain specific emotional response, but it's actually, according to Lisa, that they are built by us. And she goes a step further than just being built. She actually says that emotions are guesses. Like, it's crazy. Emotions are guesses, predictions, that the brain constructs where billions of brain cells working together create this prediction. And she says, we have more control over this than we think we do that emotions are not built into our brain at birth, but they are just simply built by us. The way that we create this picture, or the way that we build and predict, is through our past experience. So remember, this was how I was working as an actor. I was looking back at a past experience. I was locating a feeling that mirrored the feeling of the character that I was playing. I would draw it into my emotional memory and physiologically I would experience that and my body experienced that as real. This is exactly what we do according to Lisa that this is exactly how we act in our regular life in our real life. We look at the past experience and we ask ourselves what is this most like and then the brain will throw up a whole a range a, a cacophony of kind of suggestions basis um, from from what's happened in the past and then this becomes our prediction. This becomes the basis of every experience and every action that we take. Specifically the same technique that I was using to create the expressions of a character on stage or on film. So our experience of emotion is basically our own prediction drawn from our experience of the past. Now, what she says is that it's not that we come as like a blank slate. We do come pre-wired with some simple feelings, things like calmness, agitation, comfort, discomfort. I would suggest also there's kind of a, a like and a dislike maybe that's that's there, a preference and, a, and an aversion. And these simple feelings, these are with us every sim single moment of, of our day, every moment of our life. And they're kind of like a barometer, but they have very little detail. They have very little nuance to them. So what we do as humans is we need to give these feelings detail. We need to give them, like color them in almost, so to speak. So the prediction, the guess, links the sensation in our body that gives us the emotion. And these predictions are not always reliable and they're not always even true. And we can have one simple example of this, which is the example of um, your stomach churning. So this can be read in numerous ways, but I'll give you two examples. So let's say, for example, you're cooking yourself a beautiful meal and you start to smell the aromas of that beautiful meal. And in response, your stomach starts to churn. You're looking at the food as well. So you're getting all the sensory input of like this beautiful food. Um, 
And in response, your stomach starts to churn with anticipation and there's an emotion of pleasure, like, oh, it's going to be really nice to eat this food. And you start to feel really, you know, full of pleasure about this stomach churning, creating the emotion of pleasure. Let's put that stomach churning into a completely different situation. So let's say, for example, we are sitting in a hospital waiting room and we are waiting to hear some results. Then you could have the same experience of stomach churning, but your brain could construct a completely different emotion of fear and dread, worry. Same churning stomach, completely different experience. So it's just one example of how we are predicting and creating emotion based on past, uh, past experience. And what the suggestion is, or what the invitation is, is for us to understand that we actually have more agency over our emotions than we think we do. If we can begin to change the different ingredients that our brain uses to make emotions, then we can begin to transform our emotional experience, our emotional life we begin to design our emotional landscape. We begin to become the architect of our life rather than the victim of our life, which was definitely how I was experiencing my emotional landscape before I found tools to take me out of that. Another example is um, when we are excited or when we're nervous. So just as I was at the beginning of this podcast, I was kind of excited and kind of nervous. And it was exactly the same. The body reads it is exactly the same way. There's like a little bit of kind of heart beating a little faster. The palms might be a bit sweaty. Maybe we feel a little breathless. Um, read in completely the same way by the body, but completely labeled in a completely different way by our emotions excitement or nervous and the way that we label things can have huge impact on our on how we um on how we experience and and even how we perform or or what we even kind of allow ourselves to do so for example if we were taking a test let's say for example we were about to take a test and we were experiencing this sense of hammering heartbeat we were experiencing like a little bit of kind of um elevated um, awareness maybe um, maybe even sweaty palms this could be interpreted in two ways if we interpret it as nerves for some people that can begin a cascade of nervousness nervy feelings that can actually become crippling and can actually mean that they don't perform so well because they're not so relaxed but if we interpret this nervous feeling as excitement labeling it labeling it as exciting rather than fearful it takes on a whole new different dimension and it may even be that we approach the test in a completely different way that we use it more as an opportunity to share what we know rather than something to test what we don't know you know it can just open up a different dynamic as how we how we experience things and how we look at them so let's think about this in terms of our thoughts so if we take the, the, the premise that thoughts become feelings, the important thing really is to start to understand and track what we're thinking, start to understand and track our, our thoughts so that we can create the feelings that we're after. Track sensations, track thoughts, track feelings. 
some studies it really varies when I've looked into it it really really varies but there's a a a suggestion or an understanding that we have thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts every day it's one study says we have between 12,000 and 60,000 a more recent study says that we have 6,000 but whether it's 6, 12 or 60 whatever that's like a hell of a lot of thoughts to have it's also suggested that 80% of our thoughts are negative that we have this negative bias I'll talk more about that another time. And also that 95% of these thoughts, these thousands of thoughts, are basically a repeat of what we had the day before. Excuse me. So we experience our emotion basically through the lens of yesterday's patterns. You know, we're feeling, we're feeling, we're thinking the thoughts of yesterday. Therefore, we're feeling the thoughts of yesterday. No wonder if we're, if we're, just creating like a, a, a repeat of what happened yesterday through our, through our thought pattern, that our emotions can also start to feel stuck, that we can also start to feel almost like we're in some kind of Groundhog Day situation here. We can see we have the same tendencies of the mind to focus on negative and to play, almost kind of like play the same song over and over and over again. Now I experience this and I know others experience this as something called a worry loop where you can kind of have the same thought that you you kind of choose to worry about again repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and there's something um about this that is familiar so it's almost like well I'm just going to think about that because I know how to think about that or I know how to worry about that but is it really helpful or is it just misimagining the future mispredicting the future simply because it's something that you worried about yesterday So we want something that's going to help us bring awareness and interrupt those repetitive thoughts. And this is really where essential oils come in. This is really where essential oils are masterful at creating a gap in the thought or an interrupt in the thought so that we can choose something different. If you like, we can choose a better thought and then choose a better feeling. So let's just look a little bit closely at an essential oil and what it actually is. Essential oils are of nature. They are created from the plants on our earth. They compa- the, the plants contain these compounds. Generally, these compounds cannot be seen by the naked eye. And the compounds are found within the roots, within the flowers, the seeds, the bark, other different areas of the plant. And it's these compounds that we know as essential oils. They're um, aromatic compounds, volatile, which just means live, aromatic compounds. And the essential oils give the plant its aroma, And they also provide a huge range of protection, reproductive and regenerative purposes. So the compounds, these volatile aromatic compounds, they help the plant to protect itself against unwanted pests, to attract friendly insects, even help the plant heal from infection and injury. And what's really exciting is that the innate intelligence of our own body systems recognizes this pure essential oil compound is able to simply and easily integrate it in to use that aromatic compound for emotional support for mental support and for physical well-being now each essential oil has its own nature if you like has its own quality has its own chemical makeup. So they each provide different levels of, and different flavors, if you like, of emotional support or mental support. 
But the key thing to understand right here and now is just that they are available for us. So emotions are predictions created by a chemical response and emotions are controlled by different levels of chemicals within the brain. And the predictions of the brain, when we use a naturally occurring chemical such as an essential oil, help us to be altered, to be changed. We can change the chemistry of the body, the chemistry of the brain to offer a different potential for thought and feeling. Now, if you don't know this, it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> it's kind of massive. So I'll break it down a little bit more just into the processes of how it actually works. So when we breathe in an essential oil, we breathe in from the bottle, from the palms of our hands, from a diffuser, and the compounds of that oil travel through the nose, travel all the way to the area of the brain called the limbic system. And the limbic system is a structure of the brain that is really concerned with our emotional life, with instinctive behaviors, with our drives, with our motivations, with our basically with our feelings. I'm gonna break it down a little bit more for you and talk about a specific part of the brain. This is where it really gets interesting specific part of the brain called the amygdala, which is a tiny, tiny little part of the brain, kind of almond shaped sized bit of the brain. Um, um, and this is where within the brain, our stress is registered and where we decide if that stress that has been registered is something to be acted on is a sign of danger. So let's say for example, there was a, a loud noise your the part of your brain that is going to decide whether that loud noise is a sign of danger needs to be acted upon is the amygdala so if it's seen as a sign of danger that big loud noise then it will start to send an alarm or a distress signal if you like to the hypothalamus and the whole stress response will begin cascade of emotions cascade of um, hormones will begin so this is where aroma essential oils is very very valuable because our sense of smell has a very close connection a very direct link to the amygdala so when we breathe in an essential oil it can potentially interrupt that stress response at this kind of initial level we can reduce the um we reduce the level of response to a particular stressor in this case a loud noise and we can create what we call a breathing space, a gap. Some people call it a sacred pause. What that, what that gap, what that breathing space, what that sacred pause gives you is agency. So just let that land for a moment in your body that you can have agency over your emotional life. Feelings don't have to happen to you. You can interrupt and choose a different feeling. So olfaction, the process of breathing in, the process of inhaling is one synapse away from the amygdala. The amygdala is the part of our brain that is coordinating all of our responses, behavioral response, even our endocrine responses, our autonomic responses to the external stimulus, especially interested in those with emotional content and it's creating a, a response. So it's fu absolutely fundamental in building emotion. So this really is where we have the power of aroma to interrupt that emotional response, to choose to create a gap, which gifts us the agency we're seeking. Now in our modern day society, 
the 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 events that can be interpreted as stressful those 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 stressor events those images those signs of danger are many even though they might not actually be stressful or dangerous to us and largely that is because we have such a high input of information such a huge sensory overload from all of the things that our body it's it's almost as if the evolution of of the information that we're receiving is moving faster than our body is able to um to keep up with so it's 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 the evolution of technology if we like is and 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 all of the things is moving faster than we can keep up with so things that aren't necessarily dangerous to us maybe might be like the ping of an email coming in Things that don't need to have a stress response are being assigned a stress response because we are living at a heightened state. Our nervous system is living at a heightened state. So we need to have tools. We need to have really fundamental um, grounded tools that can help us out of this stress state so that we can live a happier, healthier life. We can have some more agency over our feelings, over our emotional life. And really, the oils, when used regularly, they begin to give you more choice over your emotional responses or predictions, and they give you that space to choose. And in turn, once you begin to create that pattern within yourself, what really develops is something called emotional resilience. So with emotional resilience, we have the power to understand that we get taken off our center by all the things the crazies but we can quickly return back home to ourselves after some kind of setback or adversity it's very exciting it's very very interesting to know that the oils are there to support us and to help us in this way now awareness really is the key there's 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 nothing can happen without awareness so if you take away one thing from this podcast today, from this conversation today, just notice when something prompts you to have a response that maybe we would suggest is taking you into an unhelpful uh, place, an unhelpful um, emotion, an unhelpful feeling, and just consider, hmm, I recognize that thought and I'm actually just gonna choose something else. Now, if you have your oils, take an oil, breathe it in, and let the oil inspire you to a new choice. It will support you and help you. If you don't have an oil to hand, or you don't have oils or yet work with oils, just, just, just notice. The noticing is everything, and choose even just like a 1% better thought. It doesn't have to be like the most amazing, uplifting, elevating thought you can think of, because that might be unrealistic in the situation that you find yourself in. But just choose a better thought. Accompany that with an essential oil and you're going to amp the whole experience up many, many, many fold. Okay, it's been so fun to talk to you about this. And I'm really excited to have further conversations with you. Sending you much love and many blessings. 